This episode is brought to you by Airbnb. Hi, Pashi. Hi, Sufi. How are you? I'm great. We just had our weekend in Pittsburgh. We sure did. With mom and dad. Yeah. Recorded a podcast episode when we were there. Yeah, super fun. And let me just say, we were at an Airbnb, and we had a lot of boxes of podcast gear. I really want to stress to those of you who aren't actually doing a podcast, and I know there's very few of you that aren't, but for the last few remaining humans who aren't doing a podcast, a lot of gear. A lot of gear. Uh, an exceptional amount of gear. Lots of bubble wrap, lots of boxes. You know, we're doing a podcast where every member of the Myers family needed their own microphone, a lot of cords. And you really were the hero of the family setting up the Myers Family podcast, so thank you so much. Well, I was there before you, and I yeah. certainly wasn't going to give that job to mom or dad. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody would do that. Yeah. Also, your kit sort of arrives, and a lot of it's like, this is here's a box of new headphones, here's a new microphone. Your kit, someone had like taken out of the boxes, put it all together— and labeled it so it was so dummy-proof. Yeah. Um, no offense. No, um, I mean, they work with a dummy, so they know. <laughs> but, but it was really like, this This is what this machine does, in case you're like, we don't need this. And it's like, no, 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 you need this. I should uh, shout out our tech, Melissa, who basically gets me set up every day. And I'm recording from the office, you're recording from home, and a lot of times this starts, and I'm good to go. And you still have a few little fine-tuning things. And I just want to stress, and I hope you know, that's because I haven't done jack shit. <laughs> yeah. I just come and put the cans on, and I'm, I'm rocking and rolling. Yeah. Uh, you sure are. You look like you're rocking and rolling right now. Thanks. Do you like the new plant behind me? Uh, yeah, is it real? Yeah, I think. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to find out. I want to live <laughs> the dream. <laughs> so yeah, we had, our, uh, we had our weekend in Pittsburgh, and everything about it was perfect, except for maybe one of the worst football games either of us has ever been to. Yeah, it was rough. It was really rough. And we sit sort of four across with the four of us. And for the first half, it was mom on the far left, then me, then dad, then you. And you and dad get so pissy. Yeah. And you guys are so negative. Yeah. And mom was like, I don't know if I want to shuffle the deck here at halftime and be next to these guys. She's like, I, you can't say anything. They jump all over you. You're like, if you just have a question about something, either you or dad will just snap at mom. And she's like, it's a beautiful day. And here yeah. we are. And we got nice protected seats from the weather. There was crazy weather. There were two uh, lightning yes. delays. It was like being in purgatory because the Steelers were playing terribly. And yet the game kept getting delayed because of thunderstorm. So you would have to wait half an hour for a game you also felt very pessimistic about the outcome for. There was a double rainbow yeah. uh, coming out of one of these delays, which would have been great for us had it been sort of a heavenly sign, yeah. an omen that the Steelers were going to turn it around. But alas. I, in fact, will write off double rainbows as an omen forever now. <laughs> that was the one chance double rainbows had to show me they were. Now, you know what I'm going to tell you what they are? They're just a trick of the light. That's it. Yeah. There's, there's no magic behind him. Yeah. That was the last shot to have you be more of an outdoorsy person. And if even a double rainbow doesn't do it. I should say, afterwards, we uh, we went out to dinner. Oh, man. And it saved the day. Now, again, I just want to stress, and I hope I made this clear, and I think I made it clear during the podcast with Mom and Dad the day before the game, I don't like that I'm like this. I don't think it's good. Yeah, no, we don't either. Nobody does. Yeah. 
it makes me seriously consider whether or not I should try to make my kids Steeler fans because they're they've got uh, my DNA and I don't want them to have to live like this. Mm-hmm. So it was in a bad mood. Oh, the other great thing though, it, I feel like it was a really good weekend because I burned you and Dad, and you guys weren't mad when I did. You thought it was funny, and I feel like that was when I realized, you know what, this has been a really good weekend because. We left the stadium. You were in charge of directions. Uh, Dad was driving. (laughs) Weather was weird. It was dark. Also, Pittsburgh's a weird city to drive around in. Yeah. A lot of bridges, a lot of weird exits. Leaving a stadium is always tricky. And so Dad drove over a curb at one point. Uh Uh-huh. That's where things went wrong. Yeah, dad drove over a curb. I feel like you were not, Google Maps was also kind of throwing its hands up. Yeah, it was Waze. I don't know. I don't want Google Maps to take the heat for that. Maybe they're owned by the same people, but they were not doing us a lot of favors. We left, we basically left the city through a tunnel and then had to come back through another tunnel. Yeah. It was bad. It was bad. And we were also in a really bad mood. And then (laughs) we were going to a restaurant and we finally got to the restaurant and you had heard... The rustling, yes? Yeah, I heard money. I heard you, like, take your wallet out. Yeah. And dollar bills or bills. Yeah. And mom and I were in the backseat, and we weren't talking, mostly because I didn't want to talk because you guys were doing... There was a lot of back and forth between you and dad about direction stuff. Mom continued to talk in the way she always does, which is, I just want to say, like, now's not the time. You have to just pause for a second. There's a lot of, the energy in the car is not, is too negative for you to have your thing of like, but wouldn't you say the weather was, in the end, it was just a pretty day. And you're like, not, now is not the time. Anyway, we pull into the parking lot of the restaurant and I lean forward with 220s and I said, uh, hey, this is just, we just wanted to give you guys a little extra for the tour of the city. And you guys both laughed. And I thought, you know what? I think we're okay. Because it was a real, I was rolling the dice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it was, it was really well played. And it was such a a shitty drive that really like to get to where we were going, had we done it right, it was going to take like nine minutes to get to this restaurant. The way we did it probably took 13. It wasn't like we really got burned on time, but it was not a nice 13 minutes of driving. There was a real moment where the entire city was behind us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. We were going to the airport. We were Yeah. It was one of those things because Pittsburgh is a more manageable city. If we had been in New York, the mistake you guys made would have cost us an hour. Yes. But instead, it was easier to fix than in a in a massive uh, metropolis. Yeah. Now we had plans. I had done Cam Hayward, the All Pro Steelers defensive lineman's podcast. He has one as well. Highly recommend. Not just football? Not just football. Thank you. Yeah, He's a a wonderful guy, an affable guy. He's been with the team for a long time. And we have made plans to have dinner after the game. The game, obviously, one went badly, two ended 90 minutes late. And I uh, texted him and said, hey, totally understand if you want to take a rain check. I know the game's gone late. He has kids. I totally, if he was like, yeah, let's just do it next time. He said, absolutely not. Let's go. We went to a great restaurant in Pittsburgh called Fig and Ash. And the great thing about Cam is his brother, Connor, also plays for the team. He's a second-year tight end. And, you know, it was very interesting to see football players after a loss. They were obviously in a very bad mood about the game, but they also were still human beings. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that gave me such perspective on how I was feeling. Yeah. Because, you know, look, they were guys who had a bad day at the office. But they were still incredible hosts. And 
for our family trip to sort of overlap with another family, uh, their mother was there, uh, their stepfather, another one of their brothers, a bunch of nieces and nephews. And man, oh man, it was one of the great dinners of my life. Yeah, it really was. It was, as someone who has a lot of Steeler memories, Yeah, to come out of such a troubling Steeler memory of that game, to then have one of, definitely one of my top five Steeler memories of all time will be that dinner. Because another thing about being out with brothers is that they will sort of rip on each other like brothers will. The two of those dudes like getting on each other from across the table, from down the table. Because for a while we were sort of sequestered into little groups. There was sort of like a conversation at one end of the table and a conversation at the other end of the table. And it's it happens sometimes at long tables. It's yeah, hard. It a long table, a lot of people. But once the Hayward brothers started sort of going at each other, it was it really opened it up and it pulled it together. And it was it was a great, great night. Cam is about 10 years older than Connor. So it's a different big brother, little brother dynamic. But it was still a big brother, little brother dynamic. And Cam and his mom were on one side of the table and Connor was all the way to the other. And Connor <laughs> just kept saying things they didn't think it was appropriate for him to say. And yeah. it was so funny to just hear Cam Hayward and his mom, the amount they were like, Connor, Connor. Yeah. And also Connor had a million things to say and he had the hiccups like the <laughs> whole time. <laughs> what did you say? Did you ask if he had gotten drunk? Cartoon, in the old cartoon drunk. Cartoon drunk. It did yeah. seem like he'd had like a little bit too much sarsaparilla. Yeah. And I don't I think, mean, by I, the I, way, I should know, nobody was drinking at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was an early dinner and we all we all got out of there uh, to, to get a good night's sleep. But it was, I mean, I owed such a debt of gratitude because it did put me in such a good mood. And we have a friend named uh, Kevin Cohen and he's our Steeler friend. He's from Pittsburgh as well. And we were texting during the game and he was in such a bad mood. And when it was over, I texted him and said, you know, we had a great night and it was saved. And he basically was like, I didn't get any of that. I don't care. <laughs> he was like, I had the worst Sunday ever and I don't want to hear that it was better for you because you got to have dinner with the Steeler. I'm so glad that in my life, I don't have someone, I guess other than dad, the idea that I would call someone after that game or communicate with them in a way that I know would only make me angry because I know they're angry yeah, and it would make me angry. And yeah, man, I got I to gotta give it up for mom because mom keeps that happy face on, is optimistic. I mean, by the time this airs, who knows what's going to happen, but we got a short week. We're recording this on Tuesday, December 5th. We play New England on Thursday. Yeah. I will say I wrote Kevin and said, let's just agree not to watch Thursday night's game and just look Friday morning. Like, let's just try to see what our life is like if we don't allow it to. Oh, yeah. And and he was like, I'm not willing to do that. (laughs) I don't know if this will work and if this bumps with the song that you'll sing at the end of the episode, but when I landed in Pittsburgh, I asked Kevin, I told Kevin I was there, and and Kevin has the most beautiful singing voice. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you're from Pittsburgh, maybe maybe you know this song. It makes no difference where I go because you're the best hometown I know. Hello, Pittsburgh. Hello, Pittsburgh. Channel 4 loves you. And this is amazing. He's not currently signed by a major label. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, criminal. 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 None of that came through in my headphones, so you you might have to... I think it'll come through on mine. 
Okay. I oh, was yeah. looking. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't hear it there, but I have heard it played it's for beautiful. me. And he does have a beautiful voice. In the end, though, one final thanks to uh, everyone at Airbnb who made our stay so uh, lovely. Yeah. To not be in a hotel and to be in one place. like Because I feel like when I have stayed at a hotel with mom and dad, I haven't been able to hear them argue about dad's flip-flops. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. you know, I'm aware in the morning there's been an argument, but it right. was nice to like actually hear it beat for beat. Yeah. Well, I remember the last time we stayed in a hotel in Pittsburgh, they were bickering about something at breakfast and I just wanted to have a nice morning. And I remember I stood up and spiked my napkin and went up to my uh, hotel room. Yeah. Because I was like, I'll, be, I'll, I'll get back with you guys later. But uh, when you're in an Airbnb, you just kind of have you got to sit there. But there wasn't much of that, I've got to say. Could you, by the way, in the future, let me know when you're going to like spike a napkin and take off, like just a little nod? Because then I got to sit there. (laughs) (laughs) You weren't there. Was I not there for the napkin spike? No, no, gotcha. It was pretty. I mean, it was really dramatic. Yeah. I guess what what happened here, Josh, is I've seen you be dramatic so many times. (laughs) (laughs) I actually thought maybe I was there for that one. I can see you spiking a napkin. Yeah. I also, there's something that offends me about like, oh, here's this $22 bowl of granola. So I feel like I was probably also rankled by that. You were looking to spike a napkin and they just gave you a reason? (laughs) Yeah, I think so. I I agree with you on it. When you're paying 22 bucks for granola, you can't handle another piece of bad news. Yeah. This is one of our favorite, one of my favorite people uh, working in comedy today. Yeah. I've been a fan for a long time. Yeah, and I'm really happy, and I think especially based on uh, Nate Bargetzi's SNL episode, there's like nobody left who doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. And that's really exciting, because there were some early adopters, but this guy, he's just got the easiest style, and we were so happy to get him on this podcast, because so much of his act is storytelling with great writing, jokes that are so subtly written, you don't even realize you're hearing them till after the fact. He's just the best. Yeah, easy to talk to, easier to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, funny dude. I think we did a good job of getting out of the way and letting uh, Nate Bargetzi's voice take the lead on this one because he really is something special. He's got a great voice. You know who else has a great voice? Mr. Jeff Tweedy? You know what? Let's try to prove it. And Mr. Kevin Cohen. Here is, though. (laughs) Let's see who breaks the tie. Here's uh, Jeff Tweedy, and after that, Mr. Nate Bargetzi. <laughs> How are you, Nate? How are you? Uh, good, man. You know, living it up. Nice. Living it up. Yeah. I want to start, Nate, because I know you're on tour, and I always think comedians have to really rack their brains to come up with a name for their tour uh-huh. that just sort of exemplifies the work they're doing. And your current tour is called The Be Funny Tour. Yeah. Just a little reminder. Just to, <laughs> so that's a reminder to yourself. Just to every day, just to get out there. And, you know, sometimes you go, you know, what are we even, what's, what's the goal here? What the be funny is, is uh, my wife has always said be funny, like before I go on stage, like our whole relationship. And now my daughter says it. So it's, it, it was just, it's kind of that. And it's just be funny. You know, it was like a mix of all that stuff. But yeah, it's a very simple, you know, just get right to it. Just be funny. The audience knows what you're aiming to do. 
There's yeah. no, there's not going to be any miscommunication about what the purpose of the evening is. I love it. Well, there still might be some miscommunication, <laughs> but you know, does anyone ever accuse you of false advertising? Yes, a lot. <laughs> and then they go, but he's trying. But I'm trying. You can tell. You can see how this would be funny for my head. You know. Yeah, I like the confidence of not calling it the uh, try to be funny, trying to be funny tour. Yeah, no, you're just going after it. We're aggressive on our tour, and that's our goal. Last time I saw you, you were about to embark to Europe to do some shows, including in Amsterdam. Josh and I used to do comedy in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You were originally slated to perform at our theater in Amsterdam, and then I think you moved to a bigger venue. No. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to do the Boom Chicago Theater, and I yes. told the guy that runs that theater, I was like, oh, you got to check out Nate. He's great. And he was like, awesome. I'm going. Um, it's in my theater. And then you moved somewhere bigger, yeah. which... <laughs> No uh, no harm, no foul. How did yeah. you find the Dutch audiences? Because Josh and I spent years with them. I enjoyed it. I was I would say Amsterdam was, I thought, the only one. There was like, it felt like a little delay. So mm-hmm. you tell the joke and then it was it was just to get, you had to give it a second and then the laugh would come. The other ones, it almost was like, you could have put Ben anywhere. and But that one was the only one I thought there was like a little delay. They were still great. It was like, oh, all right. You know, just you mess your your timing. You just got to get used to it. The delay is not because their English is bad. The delay is because Dutch people take an extra second to judge you before they decide (laughs) if they want to (laughs) laugh. We used to do shows, and part of the deal with our contract is you would hang out in the bar. Like, we had a bar uh, at our theater afterwards, and so you'd hang out for half an hour to an hour sort of contractually and talk to the talk to the audience and they're so blunt and they would be like yeah i, I did not enjoy the show but uh yeah overall it was a fine evening and you're like yeah. oh okay thank you <laughs> thank you for that yeah. and you have to walk around and hear it <laughs> like that's yeah, you the, just gotta hear the contract <laughs> yeah I mean, it, it helps with like before you come out to uh hollywood and audition for stuff because here nobody oh. yeah yeah uh, they don't care I had, don't I don't care. remember, I, I had Caroline's, I can't remember if I ever told you this story, but uh, Caroline's on uh, Broadway, when it was open, I when you first would get like headlining dates, they'd give you like a breakout comic night. And, I mean, you're, no one knows you, but they would just give you like a Tuesday night. So they would need 20 people to do the show, anything less, they would cancel the show. And I was in the bar with like 17 people. I don't know if it was 17, honestly. It might have been 12. And I'm just in the bar 12, and they cancel my – I'm headlining. They cancel my the show with me and the audience. We all find out together that uh, they're like, all right, they go, that's it. We're, we're, show's canceled, and I walked up with the people. And I don't think they even – you know, they didn't even know they're seeing me. It's like, uh, you know, I'm just walking up those stairs with all 12 people. <laughs> That must have been nice uh, anonymity in those moments to be like, oh, I guess this yeah. guy couldn't sell the seats. Yeah. Let's get out of here. Guy? Everybody's like, let's take one more look at him on the poster. I, go, I wouldn't even give him the time. You know, let's get out of here. <laughs> do your wife and daughter travel when you do a European tour like that? Do they come with you? Yeah, they came to that one. And uh, we went to Australia and they came to that one. And so, yeah, if it's an unbelievable city, you can imagine they're going to be there. And are you good as someone who is performing in the evening, being able to put that aside and actually enjoy the city and enjoy the day and, and go around with your family? 
I am. It, it, it's like up to a point to like, you know, it starts getting like 4 p.m. or three, or not 4, that's kind of late, but around 2, 3 p.m., you kind of like your mind starts like wandering a little bit like on the show. Uh, when I went to Europe, we were flying. We, well, we try to guess the time. I, I'm telling this joke on stage. I don't know if it'll ever work completely on stage, but it was 4.42 our time, national time. And so like, we were trying to guess the time. You know, like, what time is it in London? And then I, I forget what I was, 12.42. My daughter was, like, 9.42. And then my wife goes 11. And she wouldn't say she didn't say the 42. <laughs> and so then we got to fight about that because <laughs> I was just, like, be a regular person and say the 40. And, I mean, she never said it. I was like, just say the 42, though. And she just wouldn't. <laughs> you finish it. You yeah. finish my math. You know what I mean. I you know what that. the back half of this is? Yeah. How old is your daughter now? 11. So did she have a favorite stop on the international tour? Yes. She loved uh, London. I had a corporate gig like the day before. So I couldn't. We were trying to leave like two days before to get used to it and all that. But I mean, I had a fly and then I had a show that night in London. And then I had a show the next, I mean, it was the next three nights. So I was, I was kind of messed up. And we got up and went and saw stuff. London, we were there for 24 hours. And we did a tour. We had a wonderful tour guide. And she just walked us around. I've never been to Europe. Europe is so old. It's something you don't realize. Like, every building is, like, from eight. And you're like, God, <laughs> dude. Like, I mean, just, it's the oldest. You know, you think our country's old. Then you go there and you're like, God, I mean. Yeah. We're nothing. No, we're, yeah. we're barely been here. They're also, it seems aggressive, and you realize they didn't do it to prove a point, but I was in Amsterdam this summer, and just outside of the movie theater, there's a building, and it says 1602 on the side. So when somebody in 1602 thought, let's put the date here, not yeah. knowing that it would be a real thumb in my eye yeah. all these yeah, years yeah, later. Yeah, just to go. Is this updated? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she did like Amsterdam a lot. Oh, that's good. I think Amsterdam for a kid, it does feel like a a fairy city. You know, like mystical. Yeah, mm. it's so small mm. and li- little bridges and and little boats. It's a good. I think yeah. for kids, it's good. Yeah. Uh, your sister, which I know from your act, is a uh, uh, ten years younger than you. Yeah, about nine. But yeah. And then where's your brother? He's uh, three years younger than me. Okay, gotcha. Mm. And so. That's a big uh, gap. And I should note your last um, uh, special, and I know I told you this when you were on my show, Hello World is is just, it makes me jealous. It's it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's just a Thank wonderful you. special. And you talk a lot about the big age gap with your sister. But I'm wondering, did you guys go on family trips, the five of you, your parents and, and you and your two siblings? Yeah, we did. Abby was always pretty young. So by the time, you know, if we, when we did it, she would have been, you know, below 10 and so then by the time I left, she went on a bunch of different trips that I didn't get to go on. When we were, when we were growing up, we never got to go anywhere. I mean, uh, they just didn't have the money to go anywhere. I do have stories about this, Mac, but like we never flew. I thought airplanes were invented in the 90s. Like I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even know that was a possibility. We just drove, I mean, 40 hours to, I remember we drove to Texas once. Your whole vacation is the drive. You basically just, you drive, you get there, and you're like, all right, this is Dallas. And you're like, we got to head back because you got to. Check it off the, yeah, check it off the yeah. list. Mark it down. So she went on like some 
other trip. Like they, I mean, they went to San Francisco once. And I remember talking like later on, you know, this is, I was like, when I'm doing comedy and I was like, I'm going to San Francisco. And my sister's like, Oh, I love San Francisco. I was like, when did you go to San Francisco? <laughs> like, who do you think you are? <laughs> and then she's like, me, mom and dad went to San Francisco. And I was like, what? I didn't even know they, I didn't realize they took her and, but she got, cause she's basically an only child, you know, for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Six years. That's a long break. Do you think they on purpose didn't tell you that they took her to San Francisco or you were just out of the house and out of mind? I think you're out of the house. And this is again, uh, there's no texting probably at this point. You know, I think now you're a lot more in touch, but back then it was like, you had a, I mean, you before you didn't have a phone, then it was a cell phone. And it was like, no one just called all day because it was, you know, so you pick your marks and you're like, do we need to tell them we're going to San Francisco? You're like, ah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also you don't get that FOMO that you might have gotten, you know, as a 21-year-old out there in the world and being like, oh, geez, my parents are doing all this cool stuff with my sister. But if you don't, if there's no Instagram, you're not looking at those pictures. Yeah. And yeah. It's I don't know better anything. not to know. It's better not to know. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> what was the car you were taking on a on a forty hour drive? I'm trying to remember, we, I think we had a van at one point. I remember my parents' first car they bought. It had no air conditioning because you, you could choose it because it was cheaper. It was mm. stick shift, no air conditioning. They bought it in the winter. You know, you, when you look back at all that stuff, I, you know, your parents are twenty four, twenty five years old, which is so young. So I mean, young, yeah. now, yeah. Being, I'm 44, and you're like, that's the youngest age ever. But uh, so they, their first car they got was uh, maybe a Mazda, and but no air conditioning because you could. It was just cheaper, which is insane. I don't even know if they sell them with no air conditioning now. And uh, stick shift is like kind of hard to buy, but they got it with that. And then you know it was winter, so they thought we'll be fine. And then uh, you know it's it pretty hot here <laughs> in the summer and fall. <laughs> There was no way to predict that was going to happen. There was yeah. no way to know. I mean, yeah, there was no <laughs> it was going to get hot in Tennessee. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny you talk about that age thing. So my parents were 26 when they had me, and I was 42 when I had my first. And you just realize sometimes my dad will say something to me about being a parent, and I'm like, it's different. It's so different because a 42-year-old dad and a 26-year-old dad, our lives, it's like a kid and an adult yeah. got to be parents. And I'm I'm just uh, so constantly blown away by what a good job my parents did, considering how young they were. Like when I think about myself at 26, I don't, I would never have been able to. I agree. My parents did a great job, and uh, yes, I mean it's, it's just a different world. I mean, I, I live, you know, I'm in the South. I mean, people still get married young out here and have kids pretty young. Uh, kind of get their, you know, they go to college, they get their family started and stuff like that. But it's definitely pushing it now. Where I mean, people are 30, and it is, you know, you have more people that are. I'm 44, and I got a bunch of people that have daughters my age, which would have been would never have happened. Right, a lot. Yeah. You know, you would have looked like a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, your dad was a magician. He still is. He still is. Yeah, I guess you never lose that. You don't lose it. He comes on the road with me. Hey, does he open? Yeah, he's going to be at. Uh, I'll be in Radio City. And uh, like October something, uh, the oh, beginning great. of October. If y'all, yeah, if y'all are there, oh, y'all I would love come. to come. And then, uh, yeah, he opens. But he does. Doesn't he do close up 
magic, or does he do the whole gamut? He does, but they, I think they have they usually have screens, but he'll he has just some other tricks, but he does comedy too yeah. in it, so it's very funny, and he brings someone on stage and all that, and it's a good time. How long into your career did you start having him open for you? Oh, re- like recently. Well, I did my first college. I did. I got a college, uh, Belmont in Nashville. And I had one TV credit for country music television, CMT. And they MySpaced me. And, you know, they're like, do you want to do it? How much money? And I don't even know how much. I mean, I've never been paid. So at that point, you're, I mean, you're like, I would do it for free. It's yeah. hard to negotiate <laughs> when you know you're back. You're like, your, your low number is for, I'll do it free. Uh, yeah. But I go and I told my dad, I was like, I ended up getting it. And I told dad, I was like, I need you to open for me because I don't have enough time. Because yeah, I, didn't, I didn't have an hour worth of material at that point. And so I probably had like 40 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes. So I was like, I told him to go. My dad's very good, very funny and very good magician. And I was like, look, go do it. Just don't be like, you know, don't, you know, rein it back a little bit. Like, I don't, don't bring the, don't, maybe don't bring the heat. Like, I can, so I, I can follow. So he goes, destroys, obviously. And he has to do like 20, 30 minutes because the show has to be an hour. And then uh, he destroys, and then when he brings me on stage, he starts crying. So then I got to follow that. <laughs> Wait, because he was so proud of you? Yeah, just in the moment of just like <laughs> father and son doing a show together. So now he's oh, crying. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, and then so I, now I got to go up. My dad will still cry before me sometimes now, but I know how to get out. Like I can, we can get it moving. But back then, it's pretty tough to get them going. College kids, yeah. once they see a. Uh, a 50-year-old start crying. <laughs> hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. This episode of Family Trips is brought to you by Nissan. Posh, these days too many people have to settle for the next best thing, especially when it comes to choosing a car. Yeah, but at Nissan, there's a vehicle type for everyone, for every driver who wants more. Whether you want more adventure, more electric, more action, more guts, or more turbocharged excitement, Nissan is here to make sure you get it. Because Nissan is all about giving people a whole spectrum of thrills to choose from with the diverse lineup of vehicles. Sports cars to sedans to EVs, pickups, crossovers with Nissan's diverse lineup. Anyone can find something to help them reach their more. What are you looking for more of, Josh? I like a nice ride. I like a nice sound system. I like something that's, yeah, that's comfortable. You like to have room to load up a bunch of gear, go somewhere, do an adventure. I do. I'm never happier than when I have sort of a, a full car, a roof rack on my car. Makes me happy. And all I need is a cup holder for an iced coffee. And Nissan can provide you with both of those things. So thanks again to Nissan for sponsoring this episode of Family Trips and for the reminder to find your more. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. We are supported by Airbnb. Hey, Baji. Hey, Sufi. We are at an Airbnb in Pittsburgh for our annual Myers family trip for a Steeler game. And also, because we're in an Airbnb, we've got a big table. We've got a Scrabble board. We're halfway through a game. How are you feeling about your chances? Not good. Really? I had a hot start, but then, yeah. I don't feel good about my letters. Yeah. Well, you know, the nice thing is it's not really about winning or losing, right? It's about being with your family. It's about having the space to play games. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to angrily flipping the board (laughs) and just hearing the clatter of the pieces on this beautiful hardwood floor. Yeah, but it's definitely, yeah, that'll happen. 
And in that way of being unreasonable and irrational about a board game makes me feel like I'm in the home we grew up in. I'll also say, you know, this morning I woke up. I woke up first, came downstairs, I made coffee. And then uh, one by one, uh, mom then dad came downstairs. We had bagels. We had all our breakfast stuff. We had cereal. We got to sit around the kitchen island and catch up and in our own space, in our own time. Mom and dad did the ceremonial wedding of the counters. <laughs> they, they did. They did. Well, uh, it's wonderful. We're having a great time. And we cannot thank Airbnb enough for making us so comfortable. I'm very impressed that you knew to tell your dad to not bring his fastball because I I would be worried about following a a 50-year-old magician who knows what he's doing with college kids. Do you feel like he did tap the brakes that night? No. Yeah. Get in front of people he just couldn't. (laughs) Well, it's like, you know, you always say stuff like that, then you're like, what are they going to do? Like, they're just doing their act. Right, right. There's really no way to, you're like, I'm going to tell the joke. I don't know how to not, not tell this joke. You know, right. if, it's a good, if it's a good joke, you're like, it's going to be a good joke. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Try a different punchline. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Following a different skill. It's one thing to follow another comedian. Yeah. But following somebody who's a different skill, like magic, is almost weirdly harder. The worst I had, I did a, a corporate event for Southwest Airlines once. And I was doing stand-up. And right before me, they had an actual flight attendant for Southwest Airlines who would wrap the in-flight announcements. And it had gone viral, and he was basically the Taylor Swift of Southwest Airlines. He came (laughs) out. People lost their minds. He wrapped the in-flight announcements. People went crazy, and I just started flop-sweating backstage because (laughs) I realized I had not seen it coming at all. Yeah. So I didn't have what you had with your dad. You had at least some knowledge that he might be tough to follow. I had no expectation. Then I realized, oh, I'm going to bomb yeah. following the rapid flight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like in two, if they told you, I mean, like uh, flight attendants going up, you're like, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. Like, I think I'll be a fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going he's gonna to do 30 minutes. You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're from Tennessee, Old Hickory, Tennessee? Old Hickory, yeah. I mean, were there sort of little day trips that you guys would take when you were younger with just, you know, when your brother was in the picture with your parents? Yeah. or uh, Chattanooga was a big one. Uh, you would drive, It's like two hours uh, from Nashville. Mm-hmm. They have Lookout Mountain there, which is, uh, you just go to the top of the mountain, you see seven states, which to be, to be honest, I think, I mean, you can go on top of my house and you can see all 50 states. You know, it's like, I was, I don't, it's like, it's not like you really see Atlanta or something. You're just like, generally it's like, yeah, that's where Georgia's at. And there's, uh, Kentucky. You're like, okay. Uh, yeah. But it's a nice place. It is funny when you're a kid and you hear one of those things about, you can see all seven states in your head as a kid, you think you're going to actually see the boundaries of the states yeah. and they might be different colors the way they are on a map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> then you get up there and realize they pulled a fast one on you. Yeah. Yeah. You get there, you're like, it's just trees. But I guess. <laughs> so we would go there. They had an aquarium too. Chattanooga built an aquarium, which was a big, that was a big deal to get to go to aquarium when they, when that first came. Uh, has a very long escalator. Oh, that's a big deal. Yeah, I remember. We used to go to the, the Pittsburgh Zoo 
our fathers from Pittsburgh. And I remember those escalators distinctly being sort of a, a feature that we always look forward to. Mm-hmm. Sucker for an escalator. Yeah, a zoo. Yeah, aquarium and zoo. That's a big comic thing is zoos. You mean when you're on tour to like go to the zoo? Yeah. I didn't realize. I mean, for a lot of, lot of guys, yeah. <laughs> and is it, it, why do you think it is? What is the allure of zoos? I mean, I like a zoo, but there's something to do and you're just in a town. And uh, I'm trying to think if I've been to Pittsburgh Zoo. It's just like something to do. Like, so you just go and, you know, love, love an AM. You're just walking around zoo. And you just do it for a couple hours and go get ready. Is this like if only when your daughter is with you or is it like if oh. you're solo in a city, you'll be like, I got to check out this zoo. I, I won't do it if my daughter's with me. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and she loves zoos. She, by the way, she, they're her favorite thing. <laughs> but she hasn't earned the right to do it on the road like I have. And, uh, do you ever, when you're with a bunch of, so I'm assuming you're with other comics maybe that are opening for you? Yeah. Do you ever have a thing where you do something collectively that day? For example, you all go to the zoo and maybe in your head you think, oh, I've got a good zoo joke. But you also know your openers were at the same zoo. Are you ever worried? Oh, I hope they don't have my observation about the zoo. Yeah, sometimes just you just say it. Yeah, like well, because sometimes the joke might be you would make the joke for the group. Yeah, and then you say, "Hey, I'm gonna say this about the zoo." Especially if I'm headline, like if I'm going going glass, I could like say like if I have a real zoo chunk, you know? <laughs> yeah, if I'm like. Boys, don't mention we did anything today. I'm about to let it fly on this zoo. I don't ever always have a ton of stuff. I'm not the most coming up with something like in the town. So I like when the uh, sometimes the opening comics would do something just to like they could do it and then I don't have to worry about it. Uh, but yeah, usually you just talk about it. You just go, hey, I got this. You're not going to say right. this, are you? you know. <laughs> do you usually have the same guys travel with you? It changes. It's it's a lot of guys I started with. Uh, so I guys a lot of comics in New York, and uh, then some some that are in Nashville now. Some newer comics, somewhat newer comics, and uh, so it's it's probably twenty guys, and uh, I just kind of alternate it, and you know, and whoever comes out different times. I want to uh, loop back to the forty hour drive to Dallas. Would you go to Dallas just because it was Dallas, or did you visit family? Well, we the one time we went to. I just made Dallas up. I've never been to Texas, Seth. I don't know how to. Uh, it's the go, one place you can't sell tickets. <laughs> I, go, Texas, I don't have a family, Seth. I don't know. I'm just trying to do the part on this show, man. It's very believable. It's very believable. You had us going. Yeah. You're the real magician in the family. Let me tell you that. Yeah, thank you. We moved to Del Rio, Texas when we drove there. I was five years old. And that drive, I remember some of it. But we moved to Del Rio and we lived there for a year. My because my, my dad was a teacher, and so uh, he got a job out there, and we and we went to school out there. I remember it snowed in Texas because that was like a big deal in Del Rio, and then uh, they had horned frogs. These frogs had horns on them, and I remember that. Is that probably why you moved back? You saw one frog with horns on it, and you're like, "We're yeah, not supposed to be I here. Got, this <laughs> is out of here. <laughs> let's wrap it up." My God, this is enough. Did your dad ever make? most of his money from magic or was that always just a, a side thing if he was a teacher he always was a teacher and then i mean now he makes all his money from magic he also worked for like tdsa which is the ncaa for high school sports 
and he would go to high schools and got a job there where he would go to high schools in Tennessee and he would talk to the kids about like not drinking and no drugs and kind of motivational speaking. And uh, he would do his magic there. It just really worked out because he would just do his magic for the high school and also give a uh, motivational speech. So uh, he did that. And uh, so, I mean, yeah, those last 20 years, I mean, he did shows every day. That's wow. amazing. Mm. Is your daughter enamored uh, with your father as a performer? Uh, yeah. she. I mean, she likes it as much. You know, it's like me, like as much as I realized it growing up. Because you just don't, you're just around it so much that I don't think you think of it. Like he, you know, my dad does, uh, for all the grandkids, he's like, I'll do one, I'll, you know, he's like, I'll do one of your birthday parties. So you just tell me when you want me to perform. And so they, when my daughter is eight, it's usually around like eight, nine, they ask. Uh, he did one of my birthday parties, but it was because we couldn't afford anything. So, <laughs> and I did not like it. Did you know before that you weren't going to like it? Were you looking forward to it? And then when it happened, you realized, or, or were you always dreading it? No, I, I knew I wasn't going to like it because it was, or I didn't want it because you're just like, I mean, I see these tricks all day long. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm in the factory. I'm watching right. it be made. And then. Did your friends just love it? And you were sitting there sourpuss I mean, in the corner? Some of them still remember that. That's the only birthday I remember is that, is that one. And uh, <laughs> they. <laughs> I was, I said, it was at a park and so my dad's doing magic and then I just walk away from the group because I just don't want to see it. And I was swinging alone. So if you could see just that image, I look like a young boy that was told he's not allowed to come watch the magic show. You got to stay over there. You've been banished, but it was self-banishment. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So your daughter introduces you uh, in your specials. Does she ever see you do uh, the full hour? Yeah, she'll watch, you know, she'll watch some. First show she ever came to, Washington, D.C. And I remember she was like five. And so I'm in Arlington Draft House, which is a great comedy club in Arlington. And then they had, I think they opened another one in D.C. I don't know if it's still there, but it was it was kind of a smaller room. And so I see them walk in and, you know, she's five and I go on stage. And I mean, within two minutes, I can see her like whisper to my wife and I can tell that she's being like, can we go? And then they, <laughs> and I watched them leave within five minutes. I watched my family just leave. Do you call that out from stage? No, uh, no, it was, I did it. Uh, but okay. it was, I think I did after I like, yeah. I, I saw them leave. And then when the time was, I think when I talked about them, I brought it up. Like they left earlier. I watched them leave. <laughs> I think my kids right now who have not seen me do anything, my oldest is seven, but people will come up to me every now and then and, and sort of politely uh, say something nice uh, about uh, me or my work. And so I'm at this sweet spot where my kids are impressed, but I know that will only last until the first time they actually see what it is I do. Yeah. Like, I think they, in their head, they're like, wow, you must be amazing. Strangers come up to you. And then the first time they're going to actually see it, they're going to just shake their heads and wonder why anybody was impressed. <laughs> it keeps it real. They, they could insult you in a way that they don't mean to, where like someone comes up and they go, oh, do you know that guy? You're like, I don't know every this guy. They make it seem like <laughs> yeah, it's your buddy. <laughs> and you're like, 
no, they recognize me. Your dad is doing pretty good, all right? And they recognize me from my TV shows. And then I had my friends do it to me all the time. Someone would come up and be like, oh, I am a big fan. They're like, do you know that guy? And then just, <laughs> at home, sometimes you're like, I mean, I kind of know him. I know him a little bit. <laughs> I know his cousin, so. My Netflix special was called Lobby Baby because our second was born in the lobby of our building. Sometimes I'll be with my older boy, and uh, my my middle son, Axel, who's who's Lobby Baby. And people will come up, and when I'm with them, they're like, which one's Lobby Baby? And the oldest one says, he's Lobby Baby. I'm Hospital Baby. Yeah. And I don't have the heart to tell him, no one thinks that's cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was almost Uber Baby. He was almost yeah. Uber Baby. That would have been better for him. But he's just Hospital Baby. And I'm like, you got to stop bragging about that. Nobody thinks that's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That it went as planned. Did you almost not make it with both your kids? <laughs> like, y'all are just... Yeah, the, so the first one, we really... We should have known based on how close the first one was. Yeah. The second one, was. it was almost predestined that that baby was going to be born in the lobby of the apartment building. And then the third one, we just had at home. My wife said, forget this. We'll just yeah. have it. I mean, that would have been beautiful, though, to be... If you had three kids and none of them made it to a hospital. You're like, your, your oldest barely made it. Yeah. <laughs> As a comedian, it's pretty good when they, <laughs> you know. It's the best, dude. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, anything like that that happens, you're like, you know, good. I have 20 minutes now. Do you, uh, <laughs> does your wife clock when you are mining content from one of your interactions with her? I'll notice it sometimes if we're in a fight or something, we're in it, like, and I'll start thinking about it. Sometimes in the moment, but she's very good. And then I'll usually tell her pretty quickly. I think that's hard. You know, she she does wonderful with it. But if we get in a fight, I mean, within 30 minutes, I'm like, I might be, he goes, that's, that's funny, right? Like, and normally she would, she says, yes, that's funny, but it's also, you got to give her time to maybe get over it, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, huh? That's pretty good, right? You think I could do it? I mean, she's me with the neighbor. I'm like, hey, meanwhile, I just got in this fight. You think it's funny? Like, you just every, just can't, like, all right, calm it down. I think I told you this as well. I showed my wife your special because I knew she would really respond to the fantastic bit you have about how your wife is basically the stereotypical husband role of knowing how everything works and handy and talks mm. to talks to tradespeople. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Uh, so she she celebrated that uh, that bit, and now I've seen her show other people. I walk in, and she's <laughs> showing other people you doing that bit and saying, that's like Seth and I. And I'm like, you know, I'm also a comedian, and I'd yeah. rather, I'd rather yeah. my jokes about you are the ones we show people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not a I'll secondary just, comedian. I'll decide who sees that and who <laughs> yeah. and sees comedy. Hey, hey, hey. I'm, the, I'm the gatekeeper. Yeah, I'm the, yeah. <laughs> Stop using my accounts, my streaming <laughs> accounts. Hey, we're going to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by U.S. Bank. With the holidays fast approaching, I can't help but think about food. One day I'm craving chicken fingers. The next day I'm craving chicken fingers. Because you know me, Pashi. You love chicken fingers. Wouldn't it be great to earn rewards on everything you crave from gourmet to homemade? And look, maybe you have your eyes on a big purchase. You're waiting for the holiday. Maybe it's time to travel. And why not earn points on that road trip? Well, now you can with the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. 
With this credit card, you can earn four times points on dining, takeout, and restaurant delivery, or earn two times points at grocery stores, grocery delivery, gas stations, EV charging stations, and streaming services. Plus, discover how you can earn 20,000 bonus points, a $200 value at usbank.com slash altitude go when you apply. Tis the season to eat what your stomach desires. Visit usbank.com slash altitude go to learn more about the Altitude Go card. Limited time offer. The creditor and issuer of this card is U.S. Bank National Association pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Inc. Some restrictions may apply. Family Trips is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, a lot of families and groups of friends, it's good to have a policy of how you give out gifts. Like for our parents now, they don't really need stuff. I feel like we were better off giving experiences or, you know, you don't want to spend too much money. If you buy someone something and you spend a fortune and then they get you something small, you're going to make them feel bad. There's also a good policy to maybe get yourself something for yourself and something that can actually do yourself some good. And when you're thinking about things like that, you could think about better help. You know, I have over the years benefited from therapy. And unlike a gift that someone can give you, usually this is a situation where you're the one who knows that you're going to need this. So take advantage of that. Take advantage of knowing yourself better than anybody else and getting yourself maybe the help you need, someone to talk to, someone to discuss your life with. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. It's not like you haven't ever thought about getting yourself a gym membership. Getting yourself... An account over at BetterHelp is sort of like getting yourself a gym membership for your brain, which might make you a lot happier than going to that stinky gym. In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com trips today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash trips. Just getting back to like family trip stuff. What were your summers as a kid? Would you guys go anywhere? What would you What would you do with your summer? Were you a camp kid? Uh, no, I never did a camp. We didn't do a ton of vacations. I feel like people go on vacation more now than ever. Like traveling is a lot more. I just don't mm-hmm. remember traveling being this giant, giant thing growing up. And now you just everybody's going everywhere. And a big one we had, we drive to Kings Island. It's a theme park in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. right outside Cincinnati and it's a great theme park so that was like a big one we'd go do and then so my dad wants to ride roller coasters and we were always super scared of them to ride them because we had a fair here in Nashville that had a roller coaster as uh, this old white roller coaster like early 80s and something would break on it the whole I mean the whole time you were riding it they were fixing it <laughs> it was just you just go down there's like you just see welding it's just I mean, they're barely keeping this thing afloat. And so we rode that, and it was fun. And then my mom would always kind of be like, I don't know. I don't like them on that. And, like, you know, kind of made us scared about being on it. So we'd go to uh, Kings Island, and we would – A, we could never eat inside the park. That's all I ever wanted to do was eat. You know, I just wanted to eat inside. We'd have to – just in the middle of the day, take a four-mile hike back to a van to eat a wet sandwich. Cause they, I mean, I just remember like seeing the kids in line just ordering regular food. And you're like, can we just do that? And you're like, ah, it's too expensive, so we'd have to go back to this van. <laughs> and now I think I have a problem. I'll eat so much at a park. 
just because we couldn't. And then yeah. now I'm like, we stand in line. You're like, I'll get every. Like, what do they ask? <laughs> <laughs> the idea of a, a pre-made deli meat sandwich that's been left in a van is about as unappetizing. A yeah. hot van at a theme park yeah. parking lot. Yeah. Yeah, and you got to stop what you're doing. I mean, you're having a good time. Right. And then, you know, then your kids, though, I'm sure, as I as we know now with our own kids, that you can see when they're hungry and they're tired, you know, it's like they need a break, but you don't want a break. And you're like, no, let's just keep going. And it's like, all right, but what if we, we got some, maybe I have a cookie in the van, you know, <laughs> our regular, our regular cookies we get every day. You're know, like, not even like a special cookie. Like, a, um, would you go on the roller coasters that your dad wanted to go on, on at Kings Island? Not a lot. So there's one called the beast. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, at one point it was the longest wooden, it might still be, I don't know, but the longest wooden roller coaster. And so he told us one year was like, all right, if y'all go ride something, I'll buy you something in the park. So we were very excited about that. And so I, we ended up riding the beast and I got a hat with, a. it had like something covering your neck, you know, that uh-huh. said like, yeah, cool, the, cool hat. A cool hat that said the beast on it. <laughs> you know, which I mean, I had to lose immediately. <laughs> you just, your choices of what stuff you want then are not thought out. No. We went to Florida once and I could get a t shirt. I remember at a beach and I got a shirt that said like shark attack and there was a big hole out of the side of it. Yeah. So it would like expose your torso and it was sort of like, there was like blood around the edges. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like just a terrible shirt. Yeah. <laughs> we went to a flea market this summer and it was all this sort of artisan craft stuff, you know, homemade uh, bracelets. And my wife really wanted the kids to each pick something out that they would wear that she thought was cool and it was supporting local artists. And my uh, middle kid just, they were these awful, like pre-made not, you know, uh, locally made, like factory made Nintendo hats. And they just, the mo- ugliest hat you've ever seen. Cause it was like a baseball cap with Mario brother characters on it. And also like a mushroom coming out of it, the top of it. And she just said, you're never going to wear it. And he just had a meltdown. And so he bought this awful hat and immediately it was just, you put it on and just the sweat started pouring down his, his face. Cause it was this polyester nightmare. And uh, it is true. You can't let them decide. But you also have to let them decide because they will not uh, take no for an answer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're losing it. And then you're, you just go, I can't. All right. (laughs) It's so funny how quickly they, and there's no, they don't admit it. They don't go, you were right. Right. You know, that's all you want from a a six-year-old is just, just acknowledge that your parents are, you know, we're doing pretty good. Yeah. The other thing is I know if we threw it away the next day would be the first time in a year that he would say, hey, you know, where's that um, Mario hat? Oh, my sister. So she had a, uh, her bike and we were at my parents house, or at home. I still lived at home and I was in high school. And so my buddy came over and when he was backing out, for some reason, my sister had dropped her bike right behind his car. So she barely, she, I mean, she never rode this bike. This bike laid in the yard all the time, never rode it. And I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I moved it over behind something. I don't even remember what happened, but he backs up, right, rides over her bike, destroys her bike. 
And I mean, he's barely over it. And then my sister just comes out. She's like, all right, let's go ride that bike. You know, like if you're, you're like, you haven't asked to ride this bike in forever. Like she has a sixth sense. And then, so he, he, he broke the bike. Do you take family vacations now with your siblings and your parents? Do they ever all come with you guys? We went to Hawaii. So that was a really, really big one that we did. And, uh, it was a wonderful trip for all of us to go there. You know, it's a lot. It's like I traveled, you know, when you travel a lot and you're flying in planes, it's hard to fly with people that don't fly a lot. Right. My wife, I honestly think would take a different flight than me. She would like it. Like if we were going somewhere, she'd be like, you just go, I'll go. Cause I'm, (laughs) I mean, I'm so like, we got to go. We need to be doing this. We got it. You know, I'm like, I know everything we got to do. And she's just can be in our own world. And so when that one, when we went to Hawaii, I, I did fly separate. I, I had a show, fortunately. So I had to come separate from my whole family. I mean, it was like 20 of us. And so I, it would have been, I couldn't have done it. Yeah. And they, I mean, it's like, you know, between my dad has a hard time because he travels a lot and it's just, you know, you got you got one part of the family that is so good. They have everything ready. They're getting through the line. And the other part, just it's almost like they forgot an airplane was what has to get us there. <laughs> right. And they get to the airport and they're like, what's this? What's this building? And you're like, well. It is that crazy thing. You know, when you're in line behind somebody just at the TSA checkpoint and they get all the way up and then they start going to get their wallet to get their ID out. Oh, and you just yeah. can't believe that they did not. Just the pattern. You're in the middle of a pattern right now. And that you've, your failure to recognize what the next step was going to be for you is, is mind-boggling. And when it's family, it's just the most insufferable feeling uh, in the world. It's, yeah, you just apologize to people behind you. Go, like, you know, like, this is on me. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm so slow at uh, putting my stuff back together after taking it apart to put it through the scanner. And I always just have to take a bin over to where they have like those benches and like, I need a minute. (laughs) And, you know, if I have kids, I'm going to have to get so much better and faster at that because I just can't imagine what the extra level is of dealing with all your kids and their stuff. And you got to whip a stroller with one hand. I would say my wife's least favorite thing about me is my inability to learn the stroller mechanisms. And at a lot of times... I will have to call her back to come back through because she will have gone through the x-ray machine first. And I have to say, honey, you got to come back through and fold up the stroller. And yeah. it just, the heat of her anger sets off the alarm. I feel like it's, <laughs> yeah, like, it's like metal. Fold. She's as mad as metal. You're just trying to, do, you're just trying to get it in without folding. You're like. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it'll yeah, fit. Yeah, I, can, I think it's fun. <laughs> so when you go to Hawaii with 20 people, are you at sort of a, resort thing are you guys over scheduled are you uh we did uh we did airbnb Uh uh-huh so we the scheduling my you know my sister uh helped plan a lot of it and the scheduling wasn't the scheduling was good i mean you end up having a lot of stuff to do i'm not one to sit like i don't like sitting uh my wife can go and like sit on a beach and not move and i mean i can sit there for a second and i'm kind of like all right like i uh i kind of want to do something yeah so we, we, we had a lot of stuff planned, and I'm, I'm a big golfer. We golfed a couple of days, and then uh, my sister, all she wanted to see was a, a turtle, in the, uh, a sea turtle in the ocean. 
and she never saw one. We were there for like 10 days. And I mean, I couldn't have seen more sea turtles. I, <laughs> and I just, she, she was swimming. I saw them so much. I think I had to push one away from me because it was about to hit. Me. I couldn't, I mean, I honestly saw probably nine of them. <laughs> and and she just never saw one. Wow! And you're you're snorkeling to see those? I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was right on the. It wasn't. I didn't go on an excursion. It was. Yeah. You know, it was like you just we were at the beach. You just go jump in the water, and yeah. then uh, they were just there. They were everywhere. <laughs> That's sort of like I'm not a cat person, and when I go to my fiance's mom's house. I like sit down on the couch and I pay no attention to the cats, but instantly I'm surrounded by four or five cats and they just <laughs> all want to hang out with me. And maybe it's the similar thing with turtles. Yeah. Yeah. They just yeah. know that you're like, I don't need to see them. They're like, I'll show you. They're like, yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah. <all in> they're <laughs> very, they're very needy. And when someone plays hard to get with a turtle, <laughs> they, <laughs> they've been around a long time. A lot of them are hundreds of years old. They're like, yeah, hey, I didn't live this long to be snubbed. In yeah. my element. We went to Australia. They, I mean, they have tortoises that are like, you know, like one tortoise is like, was, was friends with Darwin. You're like, <laughs> I mean, you're like, how old is this tortoise? You're like, it's like 190. You're like, golly, dude. It's like, they're so old. Do your uh, siblings have kids? Uh, yeah, my brother has uh, four kids. So my brother's younger than me. So he had kids early. So his oldest is... Uh, she's seven, 16, 17. And my sister's oldest, my sister had a kid at 18. And then, so he's 16 too. And then, uh, so there's four kids and then we have, uh, my nephew, my sister's kid and they, and they have an adopted baby. He's, he's two now. Gotcha. Is everyone in Tennessee? Yeah. Everybody's in, yeah, right near each other. And, oh, that's great. uh, yeah. So we're, yeah, we're very fortunate. We're very close and everybody hangs out and, come to shows and I, mean, I do a joke about it now with my dad on the road you know i'm like you get to travel with my dad so every uh, little boy's dream to travel when you're with your dad when you're 44 years old everybody <laughs> loves it so uh we're around our family a lot yeah will your mom come to see the radio city shows are there shows that she wants to check out if they're in interesting enough places i know she's going to salt lake city i think she's coming to radio city I believe so because I, I know some my older nieces are coming. So my nephew, I kind of like let all the kids kind of just say like, "All right, I'll let you you pick a thing that you want to come to," and you know I'll get them a hotel room, like they you know kind of their own hotel room, and then they can come to the show. Not that they care that much about the show, but they go to the show. But I'll take them to the city. So my nephew went to uh, Salt Lake City and went to we went to a jazz game he's a big nba fan and then my nieces uh that are the oldest nieces are going to come to new york i i've done that with all of them just try to like let them all pick something you know when they get older i just did i had to fly to vegas for a corporate gig and i took my daughter just kind of a little daddy daughter trip to vegas you know that's all just you know it's just room service and hanging out there's not there's only so much you can do in vegas yeah. With an 11-year-old. <laughs> right. It's, it's not famously known for the, uh, <laughs> for the, the kids. Oh. Yeah. Vegas would like would probably say otherwise, but that's yeah. Vegas, and you can't, can't trust Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I don't know if I'm buying this Vegas. <laughs> if you weren't there for a show and you told us you brought your 11-year-old daughter to Vegas for a daddy-daughter trip, I think we'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> that seems that seems weird. I go, what's up? Brought my daughter out here. I go, golly, <laughs> was she 30? You're like, no, nah, no, nah, 11. Uh, <laughs> so I have a question about uh, if your mom comes to see a show. Um, because I know that our mom thinks Josh and I are the funniest, most talented people on earth. And she used to think that about my dad, but now uh, she just rolls her eyes the minute he opens his mouth. So if your mom watches your dad open for you, does she enjoy both of you equally? Or do you think, like our mom, she's just waiting for him to get off stage so she can watch some Nate? Yeah, I think she does enjoy it. But it is definitely, she'll walk away. So, because, I mean, a big thing with my dad will be, afterwards like he'll get going and like start doing magic tricks to everybody like if, you, like, if y'all come to radio city you come backstage like he's going to show you a uh, tons of tricks and they're very fun and then we all kind of know we just kind of walk away because it's like she'll just leave sometimes just because it's like how long can you be there yeah but yeah she does she thinks i'm the funniest person to ever live. she's always my mom has been i mean Always like that. Obviously, you know, a great mother that, you know, believes in her kids and her husband blindly. She get kicked out of baseball games all the time. <laughs> and if they someone threw it, she'd sit behind the catcher. I mean, the umpire. And if I mean, if it was a strike, we're like a ten years old. And I mean, she would just lose it on this umpire. And got and they'd make her go sit in the car. I mean, <laughs> a good. A good half of the games was just the ump was like, "You gotta go," and then we just see our mom. They we part. They part. The, my mom, and my dad parked the car right at the fence because she, she, you know, she's going to end up there. Yeah, and so he parks at the fence, and then she gets. Then you just see her in the car, just like <laughs> she's still losing it. <laughs> like it was like we used to go to Fenway growing up in Boston, and we would uh, be in the bleachers every now and again. And there would be these guys who would get kicked out, and they would come right back in because they would have bought two sets of tickets because they knew they were going to get thrown. And it yeah. was like they just come in a different gate, and they're right back. Yeah, that's pretty Amazing. smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and your parents were middle school sweethearts, is that right? Yeah, seventh grade. Wow. They're both from Louisville, Kentucky. And then uh, my dad ran away from home, actually. Then he ran to Nashville, and then my mom followed, and they got married. And But, yeah, they've been together seventh grade. And now they're just, you know, they just can't. They do. They just rely on each other. Yeah. Just so much. But if much. she's been with him since seventh grade, I think it's fair that she can just walk away from him sometimes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she's done plenty of time. <laughs> plenty of, yeah. She's put yeah. in the time. Yeah. The There's light has been flashing. There. Yeah. Yeah. Our parents met freshman year in college, and so my mom's put in the time as well. And I feel there are times where my dad will start telling a story she's heard so many times that she'll go get a new drink. You know, she'll use that time to fill up her drink. And then oftentimes he'll start telling another story right when she gets back, and you re- she realizes uh, she she has a full drink. Like, there's no escape now. Oh, now she gets to hear it, yeah. So she's like, I might— have to just pound this gin and tonic to yeah. get myself a, a yeah. second just escape. Or just <laughs> shoot it back, and they're like, oh. She's going to start carrying a straw to get through the ice. Someone pulls y'all aside at a party. You know your mom's been getting after it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> she goes hard the first time. just at these specific times, but it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Do you, with your family in Tennessee, is there sort of like, do you guys – 
is it a regular get together? Is it is it cookouts? Is it um, you know we get together once a month? Or I imagine there's so many kids that there must be like sporting events or you know high school things that you go to. Yeah, my parents will come to uh, our daughter's softball game, or you know she, yeah. they they kind of go to all the games. But we do see each other a good bit. My brother will come over to golf, and then like his kids might come over, and we golf and come back and. So we we see each other, you know. I mean, I see my dad obviously on the road all the time, and yeah. uh, so we will get together. We have everybody over, you know, something. There's a big part of it was, uh, you know, when you switch. Now we have like Christmas and stuff at our house. I think I talk about it in a special, but it's like when that switch happens, when you kind of just, you know, you're always at your parents' house, and then there's finally a switch where you're like, all right. Now yeah. y'all got to. You're coming to my house. When you, your mom watches your uh, daughter play softball, is she chilled out a little bit on the umpires? It's a lot better, but she still she'll still say stuff, and you know they're right there because you're you know we're <laughs> sitting. I mean, it's kind of crazy because it's like because the fence is there. Maybe it doesn't feel like they're right there, but I mean, within they're eight feet away is just a guy <laughs> that's <laughs> devoting his time. All right. He doesn't, you know, it's not like he's like working his way up the, he's grinding it out trying to be a major league umpire. <laughs> he's right, not a young kid. It. Yeah. And he's a local man also, it should be yeah. noted. They don't bring yeah. him in from out of state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we see him around town. <laughs> yeah. Last time I was in uh, my fiance's hometown, her nephew Grayson had a baseball game. He's in high school. And we went to watch it. And I haven't watched a baseball game in a long time. I sort of like, once the Red Sox won a couple World Series, I was sort of, good and I tapped out from baseball yeah. and it had been so long since I'd seen a baseball game and I was so into it and I forgot how much I loved it but like a kid would just like would hit a ground ball to shortstop and wouldn't run to first base and it was I was like screaming at a kid I don't know to be like yeah. run it out yeah like do you <laughs> honestly think that this 14 year old shortstop might not throw it like yeah. errantly over to first base or the first baseman might not drop it like you've got to run it out and my girlfriend my fiance had to be like you gotta slow down i wish you would have went and said so you're like let me just go talk to him yeah, yeah. Well, i mean i wanted to yeah. i that kid would have if i was coaching that team that kid would have sat yeah. right away yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. like, get on the bench i don't care i'm gonna put in the kid who's like you know, hasn't had his growth spurt yet. He's four foot two and he's, you know, going to get broken if a ball hits him. But he's going to play now because you won't run out, run out of the ground ball. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like that. And go, he just, get, hey, can I talk to the kid that's going nowhere? And you're like, he knows who he is. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think we mentioned this before, but our dad was our little league coach and he is so temperamental and did so much sort of yelling. At uh, at other people's children, it should be noted he yelled at Josh and I as well. So it wasn't oh, yeah. he, he wasn't picking favorites. He was just yelling at everybody, and he was sort of taken aside. and And it was suggested that he might be better as an umpire than a coach uh, <laughs> if he enjoyed yelling so much. And that's yeah. what he did. And he umpired for years. Like he would umpire like college games and high school games, pony oh, league really? games. Yeah. And he would, you know, you'd get paid. I don't know, thirty bucks a game, yeah. fifty bucks a game, and he would put all that money like into a jar and then he and my mom would take a an, an amazing trip like at the end of every year. Yeah. But just th- with, with 30 bucks a game. 
<laughs> Something like that. I mean, yeah, he did yeah, a lot yeah. of games. It was like his yeah. workout. Yeah, we're going um, to Europe. You're like, how much? <laughs> how many games have you got? Well, it's Liechtenstein. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. There's a deal. There's a deal. Yeah. <laughs> we won't see any of the main parts of Europe, which yeah, is no, going to no. be. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Nate. Uh, we have some questions for you that we ask all of our guests here on uh, family trips, and Josh is going to fire away. All right. uh, You can only pick one. Is your ideal vacation, are you relaxing? Is it adventurous or is it educational? Uh, Probably adventurous. All right. Nice. People are always, always say relaxing and they're like, who wants to be adventurous? I want to be adventurous. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite means of transportation? Train, plane, automobile, bike, boat? Walking. I love walking. I love walking around a mall. That's another. That's why a zoo's great because you walk around a zoo. But a mall, pretty it's great. Like a human zoo. Yeah, it is, and it's yeah. a yeah. Uh, both pretty empty during the day, during the week. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, I have a bus now for touring, right. and a bus is great. A bus yeah. is. I mean, it's uh, you have a bed in it. It's obviously much better. Than, but I, it's it is nice to just kind of sleep you wake up you're in the middle you're the next town and uh i like a nice bus yeah how many people do you have on your bus probably like seven okay yeah so it's a good bit yeah i just had to go to a mall i hadn't been in a mall in years but i uh i went to do a gig and i forgot shoes and i realized when i got to the uh town you know i got to the city and i needed to go get shoes and i went to a mall and uh i was so happy to be back at a mall and I felt as though I was discovering a new thing, almost like this is like if Amazon was a physical space. Yeah. <laughs> like I was yeah. working backwards. But this is so much better. You can actually touch the things you're about to buy. So I, I'm really hoping malls make a comeback because. Yeah. I, I mean, what are you going to do if you forget shoes? If, yeah. they, if it all goes in, you know. Yeah. If you could take a vacation with any family other than your own family, which family would it be? They can be fictional, they could be historical, or they could be current day. Just because I was in Australia and I saw the Irwin family. All right. Oh, yeah. We went to their zoo. The Irwin the zoo. Irwin yeah. zoo or? It's Australia zoo, okay. but it's uh, uh, Steve Irwin yeah. zoo. And then I was such a big fan of Crocodile Hunter. And so I went and like they, they showed clips of him. And obviously his, his, his son, his, his family, they, they still run it. But I mean, I was such a big yeah. fan of him. That like his and his son like I just love everything they do and everything they they're just so uh, just a wonderful family that uh, I think are excited they love what they do and so being that enthusiastic with someone on a trip would be very fun because they would just you know every day is like kind of like yeah let's go great pick yeah great if you had to be stranded on a desert island with one member of your family mm. who would it be oh I mean I guess it'd be my daughter I just would br- I'd bring her. You know, okay. I can still beat her up. She's not bigger than me right now. So I just uh, have at least a few more years. You'll be a, you'll be in charge yeah. of that desert island. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing. It'll be very clear. <laughs> you consider Old Hickory, Tennessee, that's where you're from? Uh-huh. Okay. Would you recommend Old Hickory as a vacation destination? It, it's starting to be. So we have Old Hickory Lake. Now a lot of people are moving there. So you got a lake, you can go down there. You could Airbnb a house on the water mm-hmm. and uh, just go swim and 
you know, take boats out and all that stuff. So it's, it's a very fun, you can drive to Nashville if you want to go drive to downtown Nashville. It's a great place to stay. And Old Hickory is like everywhere. It's a suburb of like, it's 25 minutes, 20 minutes to downtown Nashville, but mm-hmm. it's starting to get pretty popular of an area because people are, you know, everywhere. So many people moved to Nashville, they're moving out that way. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely tell you can go see my old junior high. I would tell them that too. Like, again, Dupont Hadley, <laughs> Dupont Elementary. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of lakes there, but I went to a wedding in Nashville and I went straight from the airport to a boat dock. And because I was a little bit later than the rest of the group, there were three of us that were on this flight. And the wedding party had two party boats and they were out on the lake and one party boat drove back to pick us up. And we didn't know what we were driving into. And then we just drove out to meet this other party boat. And just people were floating around and going off the slide off the back of that party boat and chucking beers, you know, 100 yards away and then swimming after them and cracking them open. It was just, it was, it was so fun. Yeah. I, I love that lake life, that Tennessee lake life. You probably went to Percy Priest, but it's uh, near the airport. But that's a quick, like getting off a plane and then going down a water slide. Yeah. But it was hit the ground running was sort of the order of the day. So it was. Yeah, yeah. You have to be one of the only people that have ever done. Like within 30 minutes of getting off an airplane, you're going down a water slide into a lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, I was happy about it. Uh, and that was a great wedding. Nashville was a ton of fun. And Seth, you got the last question. All right. My question, Nate, have you been to the Grand Canyon? I have. And is it worth it? Uh, I thought it was not as big as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> It's, I really appreciate it's, this honesty. It's when you go and it's when you fly over it, it's like you see how big it is. But that shows you how big it is, is that when you go, you go, I don't know if it's that big. Because uh, <laughs> you're, you're just seeing just like a little bit of the edge. I tell you, we went, when we did go, we loved going. And uh, we saw these kids. It's like, I have a joke in my last special about boys having a, a difference of a boy and a girl. And uh, like the boys are just like crazy. And we saw these kids, dude, that were running and jumping as if we were not near the Grand Canyon. And <laughs> you're just like, we had to leave. You know, where it's, I'm so uncomfortable. The parents are just, fu- I don't know where they're at. But it was, I couldn't, you know, just you're just seeing them. Anytime you see jumping and you just know. There's giant cliffs very close. <laughs> you just like it cut our. What were they running and jumping over? Rocks. Or what they were climbing up rocks okay, and they were jumping. Rocks. Then jump, but you, I couldn't tell because they were kind of in front of us, so I couldn't tell if they, they're how much land they're landing on. I know I just yeah. walked and saw the cliff, so it's not like yeah. we're in the parking <laughs> <Yep>. lot. <laughs> You're the cliff, you know. And it was just it's like too much where you go. I can't. You just go. I can't. Yeah. I can't. Watch this. You saying that, I could never go there with my kids until I think they're 18 and 20. My boys, especially. Because when I go to the playground with them, they're, they just have no sense of, of depth of field or heights. And I can't relax at all. And yeah, I would never I enjoy myself with them. And I like that it's that age. They're going to hear this now and they go, we can't go till we're 20. <laughs> they go to the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Which, by the way, is a perfect plan because I don't really want to go. And I think by the time they're 20, they'll also not want to go. <laughs> so I think this might have worked out great. <laughs> Nate, thank you so much. It is just a delight, as always, uh, to talk to you. And I'm very excited about uh, the Be Funny Tour 
I really do want to check you out when you're here. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, come on out. It'll be fun, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks so much. Took a trip to King's Island. Dad wants to ride the beast. But as I look around me, all I can see is a feast. Please, Dad, can we go get some ice cream? Please, Mom, or maybe just some fries. Oh, how about we get a pizza pie? That's in a in my eyes I wanna eat inside the theme park I wanna eat here on the inside Why are we walking to the parking lot? Hey, why are we walking so far? Do we really have to eat at the car? Thanks to Airbnb for sponsoring this episode. 